This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today we discuss how man-made regulations are not to be practiced when serving Jesus Christ, but true worship is the focus on what Christ has accomplished for us. Good day, everyone. Pastor Matt Grimm, I'm here with Thad Keenel. Good afternoon, Matthew. How are you today? I'm doing fine. We are here back with the Planted Podcast, and we are in our Colossians series, and we have been uh, working our way through the book, and we are the letter, and now we are in chapter 2, verse 16, and we're going to try to finish off chapter 2 today. But as we've been doing this, working our way through it, uh, through little sections at a time, we've also been trying to uh, give some instruction, some reminders, teaching on, on how to go about studying a book of the Bible. And, and, and as we study, what are some good things to do, even like before we get started and as we go along and so forth. And today I just want to bring up something Again, that I think is helpful that as we study, you know, we've talked about wanting to read through the entire letter, the entire book, at times keep that big picture in mind even as we go, but then also as we go along and, and study um, sometimes words, phrases, but even like sections and are, are following trains of thought and so forth to notice particular things. It's good to one practice is as we, as you're reading and as you're looking and studying, is to Ask the question as you go along, how does this relate to what Paul has been talking about? Um, or, or the author, or the, even a narrative. Like, here is a letter, it's more of a didactic teaching. You know, so it's not, we're not trying to follow a narrative th- flow, but we are following trains of thought. And so, Paul here is, he has certain things that he wants to get across, and, and often they are connections. And so, so we want to look at that as what, how is what he's discussing now connected to what he's discussed before? Or even if it's not necessarily always a direct connection, it oftentimes indirectly is related to some of the bigger overall themes, right? So if we just think about that in the letter to the Colossians, as he's writing this letter to encourage them in their faith, but also to address some issues that are going on in their faith, we see here um, that we have this word therefore again, as we had back in uh, in verse six of chapter two. And whenever there's a therefore, we ask, "What's it there for?" Yeah. So right? starting here, we have to kind of go back and take a look, don't we? Yeah, we do. And so I think we'll see some very specific things within this that will help us do that. Um, that will will draw these connections and give us these relationships um, for us. But before we ask those specific questions, why don't we just read these verses? Uh, so we're going to read chapter 2, verses 16, through the end of, of the chapter, uh, through verse 23. So uh, I'll just read this in the ESV. It says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason, 
by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to its regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to things that all perish as they are used. According to human precepts and teachings, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Mm -hmm. Let me just pray real quick to open us up. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would give us your spirit as we study the things of your word, that your wisdom and, and understanding would be brought to Thad and I as we talk, and even as people listen to us, uh, we pray uh, that you would be our teacher and guide. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, in, in our previous episodes, we, we were talking in chapter 2 about the, um, the fact that these there was this, what sometimes scholars will call the the Colossian controversy or the Colossian heresy or well what's what's the thing what's the occasion for which Paul is needing to write this and it's often talked about about these mystery religions or these Colossian beliefs that were leading people astray and we see this in chapter two verse four he, to go back he says he's saying these things in terms he's wanting to give them assurance and so he's assuring that the sufficiency of, of Christ that the gospel is enough that you know that Jesus is 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 over all things and that his death is sufficient his resurrection um for for our faith um that we he's wanting to keep them to be stable and steadfast not shifting from the hope of the gospel uh, and so and he's even given thanks that they that they've embraced this you know at the beginning but now he's he's saying that this is so important because, and he, he's even striving and teaching and preaching this so that they're not moved, because Christ is all they need, but yet he's afraid in verse 4, he doesn't say afraid, but he, he says this, that they, he doesn't want them to be deluded with arguments. And then in verse 8, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. And then now here in verse 16, let no one pass judgment on you. Verse 18, let what no one disqualify you. And so he's still concerned that there are things that are going to take them away from the basic message of the gospel, from the sufficiency and supremacy of Christ in all things. And even though they should know that it's only in that that their trespasses are forgiven, that they're um, that God's no longer holding anything against them, right? Because Christ has paid it all. He's even disarmed the rulers and authorities, right? Mm -hmm. But now he's getting to the some of the heart of what may be leading them astray and says, don't let anyone pass judgment on you, let no one disqualify you. So so let's look in particular at these a couple of these verbs here that are there. This one to pass judgment and the one to not disqualify. Because they are they they have they're they have similar connotations in terms of application for us and for the Colossians, but they are different words. So um, the first one there is this uh, word, uh, 
from the word krineto. Um, it is the word krineto in Greek. It, it, it basically means to judge, you know, that I'm going to judge. Okay. I'll judge Just, you. And so he says, don't let anyone judge you. Um, uh, the, uh, it is a present imperative. And so there's, cause there's kind of this continual aspect to it. Don't let people keep judging you, you know, because it seems to be that there are these people who are doing that, right? So right. That, that's a pretty straightforward word. The next one is this word kata brabaneto, <laughs> which is a it's a it's also in the present imperative, um, and and it is uh, from this word uh, brabaneto that that uh, basically has this connotation of, of also to judge that I don't let people judge you disqualify you. But it almost comes more from the sense of um, some commentators and scholars and even the dictionaries will say to almost act as an umpire, mm. right? So if you think about like we think of an umpire in, in terms of like I, I think baseball yeah. <laughs> when it comes to, you know, and what is an umpire doing? It's a judging, uh, think about like balls and strikes. Is this a ball or a strike? Is a person in or out? You know, an umpire is is making a judgment call based on actions. Okay, but in the way it's being used here – we obviously have an umpire that is calling balls strikes. Yes. Right? Because yes. It's, it's, a, it's a warning to to not let them cheat you out of the truth. Right. Right. And that, and that actually, it is this, it, the, the word actually is this brabeus in the, in a, is, a, is a noun who is an arbitrator or an umpire. Okay. okay. So it's, it's kind of taking that, who's, so it's someone who's acting in that manner, right? So... Um, so I mean, it, baseball goes way back before Double Day. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they had baseball, you know, back in Colossae, but but there they were probably obviously competitions. You know, the Olympics. Sure. We we you know so there's probably judges who are there, you know, uh, judging a competition, or even a, a you could even maybe think someone maybe in a legal sense and a, sure. a court sense or something too. But the point is, there are people here in Colossae who are acting this way who are making these who are making these accusations making these judgments right that are causing angst for people to wonder oh i mean i i must not be a good religious person or a, even a good christian if i'm not doing certain things right so so um so i think it's just interesting that the one word is is saying don't let people judge you in this way mm-hmm. but but also let no one disqualify but with that disqualification it seems to be it really brings out this picture of of, of um, someone who's acting in in the, some sort of office capacity in that sense, or at least they they're taking on that role, right? Right. And, so, and there he's. It looks like the author here is directing both of those phrases against different objects, right? So the first one is being mm-hmm. judged in food or drink, yeah. or in, in regarding the festivals or the new moons, like you were saying originally, and then it seems. Later on in 18, uh, that it's in regard of, it's speaking towards the reward. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Right. So it seems like the context, it's almost like that, it kind of feels like the Psalms where it tells you one thing one way. Yeah. And then it, and then it emphasizes it, it, it with could, a little bit of a twist right, there. Right, but even the But even the lists themselves right. are different, right? Right, right. And so that's a question to come but. But I think what we see is, so some of these people who are teaching, so they're not just acting as an empire judge. It seems like this very people 
likely who are doing that are also the ones who are leading, the, who are giving plausible arguments, right, that are deluding them and that are they're being taken captive by the philosophy. There's a philosophy behind the judgment, probably. And that, and, and that can be anything from a uh, potentially a syncretistic thing where they're applying these other religious ideas or philosophical ideas to the Christians, or they're even by, maybe even trying to say, well, no, Christianity is not the way, this is the way. Uh, right. Instead... Uh, well, do you, um, and then obviously with some of the things that they're talking about here, food and drink. So there's food laws from mm-hmm. the old, the old Jewish Old right. Testament laws and the festivals, new moons. These are potentially right. things that they're referring back to the old religious acts that the mm-hmm. Jews used to take. And you almost see some of the Judaizer aspect starting to show right, through that's here. What's, yeah, that's very interesting because I thought maybe that's where you're going and even talking about the, the two you know, ways of talking about the same thing, but that yet the lists are a little different. Mm-hmm. You could argue, and I don't know if this is absolutely true or not, you could argue that the, the list in verse 16 is very Jewish, mm-hmm. where potentially the list in verse 18 is wouldn't necessarily have to be Jewish. It could be it, it could be a little bit more Greek. In it its, could be. Now that, know, yeah. In, yeah. In I'm, thought, I'm seeing it now right? as I'm reading it through. But, yeah. but at the same time, you know, but Jews would... would yeah, it goes would, both ways. Yeah. Would understand yeah. angels and, sure. and they could, and would want to be ascetic. But but there is very much, you know, one of the, the things in terms of the Greek philosophy and the influencers of the day, if you think about Plato and um, Socrates and Epicurus and things like that, you know, there was this... Um, and, and, and it's very likely that this might be before a f- the full-fledged Gnosticism starts coming out. But you could have some predecessors to that. Um, but, but regardless, even with that, there is this sense within Socrates, Plato, and, and Epicurus in particular, is this, this strong dualism between the, um, you know, kind of the spiritual and the, the fleshly or the earthly, right? There's this... There's a, a strong contrast here that that's that you know, I I would argue and other scholars would that we find itself really influencing the church later on you know as, you know in in, in this we, especially the Western Church right. is very much you know this this a, a strong duality has come out and uh, over the time and I and I and I'm even by my own thinking I'm trying to diminish that. Even as I understand things of like the new creation and and what what we have in the spirit that 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 God doesn't look down on the earthly things and the the um you know the physical creation it's the influence of sin and rebellion over that realm that's the problem right and we'll get that a little bit later but I think with that mindset if that mindset is there that there is this duality that one is better than another then you can have various reactions to these things, right? So, um, which I think potentially gets more into the, the verse 18 and, and following. So let me jump in just for a second yeah. while we're on that topic. Um, uh, right in the middle of these two verses, 16 and 18, that we're looking at, we see Christ. Yes. The substance is Christ, exactly. right? So if we take that back into verse 16 mm-hmm. and we look at what Christ has fulfilled in those things, in those right. laws, in those shadows of things to come that the 
Jewish people were were keeping as part of their Jewish law, even right. ceremonial or or, or, or the like. Um, Christ fulfills that, and what he has done away with, according to his own proclamation, um, we are told not to go back to those things again, right? right. So um, that's that's part of it, and we can talk more about that later. But then also, uh, as you go into verse 18 and mm-hmm. carry Christ through that, uh, we see that, again, Christ is the answer that fulfills our obligations to righteousness. Right. Yeah, right? And, and, and yeah, 19, it says, when you're, when, you're le- when you're focused on those things, you're not holding fast to the head, and we know the head of the body is Christ, right? right? So that's absolutely right. I mean, that is the, the, the key message, and that's the thing, if we go back to our Bible study method, that's tying this back into the whole rest of the letter, right? Because we, we talked about how verses 15 to 20 of, of chapter 1 are just so prominent, you know, too, but that because that's the thing. Christ is the all in all, right? And so once again, he's saying, if if you're allowing these other things to to these people to judge you or to disqualify you or these other philosophies, if we even hearken it back to earlier in chapter two, what they're doing is that all those things are diminishing Christ, mm. right? So now back to the end of back to verse seventeen, which relates to sixteen, because I think this is key is. Those things, even those things, if let's take this purely in the Jewish context, because we know that according to the Jewish law, there were food and drink restrictions. According to Jewish law, there were festivals to keep. There were new moon days to keep and Sabbaths to keep, not just the daily Sabbath, but there were um, seasonal Sabbath, right. you know, things too. And I know you've taught classes on things and you know, so I'm going to let you speak to those in a minute. But before we let you speak to them, the, these things he calls them shadows, right? So let's try to think of the proper way to view the heavenly and the earthly, okay? Because it's not that there is no distinction between them, you know, but in terms of like this dualism, right? There's an appropriate way to hold these things. Right. And what he's saying here is the substance belongs to Christ. Now, if Christ is the substance, the, these shadows are all pointing to, you could say, they're types of. Um, a shadow, it, it, if the sun casts its light on upon you, that shadow is your shadow. But the shadow is not the real substance. You know, you yourself are, right? Right. And a good example of that might be if we take a look at um, when Moses was in the wilderness and the people um, were getting bit by the the serpents, Uh right? What does the Lord do? But he has Moses put a brass serpent up on his staff, right? And the people are to, if they get bit, to worship or fall down before the staff with the brass serpent on it. That sounds really... Pagan. (laughs) Yeah, pagan and bizarre, right? But there's a better representative of that. But what... What do we see, like what you say, with the sun behind the staff with the serpent on it, what does that shadow cast on the ground? Right. The same shadow that Christ on the cross cast on the ground, right? Yeah. It's, it, it is. It's, it's, brass right. is a symbol of judgment. The serpent's a symbol of sin. And we mm-hmm. see sin being judged up on a piece of wood right. back with Moses. Right. And the, the similar language is used of the tabernacle itself, sure. right? Or in the temple, that there is a heavenly temple that is the true one, right? Right, and this is just a a replica, a copy, which a shadow in a sense is a copy of you. 
but it's a, it, but it's veiled. It, it, the, the detail, the, the, the truth isn't there. You know, and, and so here in the earthly realm, we do have, uh, since these festivals, these laws, all were pointing to Jesus, but they were just shadows. They, they weren't the fullness. They, we couldn't see it all. They, were, they would help us one day see, but when Christ comes and did come, we can look back on them, and what was in shadow form shows itself in fullness, Right? right? And so that's what this is saying. They are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Uh, and so, um, so if that's true, then, well, let me go back. Pick one, because you, you've taught some classes on some of the festivals and feasts and different things. Pick one and describe how it um, points to Christ, right? And, and in just a simple way, what's one of your favorite things to do with that? So. Well, the uh, the very first feast uh, that is given by Moses in Exodus chapter 12 is the Feast of Passover. Mm-hmm. And that is where the Lord is getting ready to take his people out of Egypt, um, and he's laying down the judgments on Egypt. And the right. last judgment to come is the death of the firstborn child, right. right? So he gives instructions to Moses to have all the people and their households, the head of each householder, they can share um, this meal to select the lamb right. on a particular day, a, a lamb without blemish and without spot, right? Right, And they select that on a particular day, and uh, four days after that, they are to sacrifice that lamb and spread the blood of that lamb with a hyssop branch, mm-hmm. and they're actually supposed to, a hyssop branch, if you just kind of imagine maybe like a little willow branch, mm-hmm. right? It's got a lot of branches and, and they're soft and flimsy, but they're to take that and dip it in the blood of the lamb and to, they're to smack it against the lintel of the door and, and the doorpost, right. right? And we see the blood now of the lamb covering this house in a sense, right. okay? And the promises of God is that for every person and family that does this um, through their act of faith, uh, that the angel of death would pass over, that's where we get the word right. pass over, would pass over them, that house, and not slay the firstborn right. child, right? And so uh, what do we see then when we step forward but the fulfillment of that in Jesus Christ as our true Passover lamb without right. blemish and without spot to shed his blood. Right. And for all who that um, believe upon him, right. the Lord passes over judgment on us. Right, exactly. Right. And so we see that these there's nothing wrong with the food and the drink festivals, the Sabbath keeping. Any of these things aren't wrong because they all point to Christ, right? But the fact that Christ has come, right, it says that what are you looking to? They they should if if you're keeping the you're all the point is is your focus on Jesus and the fact that he's come and fulfilled all these, or is it in your act of trying to do them, right? Because even in the Old Testament, if you just think you're doing them and you're not trusting in the one who who gave them to us. Right, you're still following into a religious work merit based mentality towards salvation, but salvation is always from the Lord, not from our actions. Right, right. And so here, um, if someone's passing judgment on whether you're keeping them or not, right, the focus is is misplaced and and not on Christ. Um, which, so the point is, isn't whether you're keeping or not keeping, because it would. Because Paul would say, you know, to the Jews, 
it's fine. You're Jewish. Keep keep the festivals. That's fine. Right. Right. But that's but your hope isn't in the festival. It's in the Messiah who has come. Right. And even for us on this side of the cross, um, we are not to forget the festivals. Yeah. Right. We are to actually remember them because. Uh, it's in that way that we remember what the Lord has done as he redeemed his people out of Egypt with a right. mighty hand and an outstretched right. arm. Um, and it says, remember these forever and share them with your right. children, right? So we we look back at the right. Passover. We celebrate that now in the form of Easter, right. but we should still be looking back at those Yeah, feasts. absolutely. And, and I would say that the important part of that may be that we have fall feasts that may not have been fulfilled in Christ yet. Hmm. Because when we get to the fall, in the seventh month of the, yeah, in the seventh month, the first day, we have the Feast of Trumpets. Mm. And that is a interesting concept when you think yeah. about the last trump. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, there's, there's, there's a lot that goes along with yeah. that, but, you know. Well, we, I think that, but that, that, that's an interesting point because I think there's a lot of thing, we're on a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but I think it's a good one, is that even the... It, if it's good to remember the feasts, it's even good to try to even replicate them in some ways. But in many of these feasts and festivals, they're no longer able to be fully kept because the temple there doesn't is no exist. temple, right? There is no temple, and which should remind us that actually Christ has kept them. He is the fulfillment of them, right? So we can remember and we can even do some of the things of them. But to but if we think we have to fully can only be faithful to God by completing them. We can't in the Old Testament sense because the temple doesn't exist. Right. right? Now, I believe the temple exists in Christ, that Christ is the fulfillment of the temple. He's the final sacrifice. And now the Lord says the temple exists in us, right? right, right. That we are the body of Christ. And so in, in that sense, that's why the substance is Christ and not in these things. So the things themselves aren't bad, remembering them and even... You know, even looking to them in some isn't bad, but to say to pass judgment on someone to keep them or not keep them is foolish. Once Christ has finished them, right? And just to give you one more example, when we um, when we keep the Lord's Supper, we are in a sense remembering yes. the feast of unleavened bread, right? <laughs> right? That's the feast, but Christ fulfilled it. So now right. we have a different way of looking at it because we're fully reliant upon Christ's perfect work, right? On it. And so, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not, we don't just bury it in the no. backyard and forget about it, but we don't do these in vain, I'm not going to say vain repetition, but in vain effort. Yeah. No, they're the, never, they're right. never in, in, in that sense. But, yeah. they, but the point is, Christ should always be the center in our mind right. in all these things, right? So then if we move on to verse 18, this whole idea of don't let anybody act as an umpire against you to disqualify you, you know, to judge you in this way. Um, what are they doing now? So here it's not just the keeping of festivals, but it's insisting on asceticism. Now, what's asceticism? I had to look this up a few okay. weeks ago. I think I actually talked to you about it because I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't remember what the word was, but it seems like it's uh, um, like... A extreme self obedience. Yes, it is. It's a strict adherence to to personal piety, you know, purity, all those kind of things. What and in, in some senses, think of the Pharisees, 
mm. in the Gospels, right? right? That of trying to keep everything just so that that's a, 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 an asceticism. You know, you're you're tithing your mint dill, your cumin, but you're all you know you're 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 trying to stay so strict, so pure, and all these things, which. In some ways, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but the question is, again, just like the festivals aren't a bad thing, it's what's your orientation to them? Right. Let me tell you something that crept in. I was raised Roman Catholic. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that seemed to naturally creep in when I was um, either saying my list of required prayers or or, or kneeling for a, a certain amount of time or whatever that I was expected to do when I did those things and maybe if I did it for a couple minutes longer than my buddy pride crept in very easily you know and so it's not that any of the the prayers necessarily were 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 wrong right but uh in, in Matthew right before the he gives the our father prayer he says, do not pray in vain repetition like the heathen does. Right. right? And what do we do in, in the Roman Catholic Church? But we say it 20 times, hmm. right? By the time you say it twice, all you do is reciting. You're not, you're not thinking. It's hard. Yeah. And it's really hard. And if you're disciplined enough to, to say such a great prayer, you know, then, right. then all right. But the idea is it's, you're not accomplishing right. extra you know, bonus points with God right. by by doing these right. things. And yeah, so. and I think the point, probably, I'm guessing, the point of that original, those kind of things was was for the purpose of meditation. Sure. Right? And so, um, the, you know, I think there are certain worship where you can, like I know some practices where you will read something out loud and then read it and then read it silently and then have, and then meditate on it. And so, That's all good, but the, the, again, the it's it, it's to motive, it's to heart, it's to what's the purpose behind it. And I think you can, with asceticism or those strict religious practices, I think you can fall off the log often on either side, right? On the one side is this, maybe even related to the pride, is this sense that, okay, you want to be able to say to God, look at what I did, you owe me. Right. And that's that meritorious mentality, right, yeah. of, of saying, hey, I... I've got this, you know, this special stuff I do that I can hold God to this and say, "Hey, God, you owe me." And we and and we wrap up our relationship with God, our salvation, our our um, closeness to God, all those things in in what I've done, and so therefore I can hold God to that. Right. And, and going, yeah, and going back to the Pharisees, like when making the offering, you know, banging a gong, hey, look what yeah. I'm putting in the pot, and then there's the the right. widow that puts in her two mites. Yeah, exactly. And that's the complete wrong orientation to God. To think right. that we can manipulate God somehow in that in that sense is is wrong. The uh, falling off on the other side then is is this um inappropriate level of fear and guilt and shame, mm. right, that I'm trying to deal with, right, that doesn't understand the grace and mercy of God, doesn't understand his invitation into this. And so I, I feel so guilty, so ashamed, so I just got to keep trying and doing all this stuff because because um, because it, it, there's no other way God could forgive me, right? And I think both of those are not the picture that He's that Christ is giving us, right? Yes, we are guilty, we're false, but he's taken that. Um, yeah, uh, yes, he wants us to transform our life. He, we, we, we do want to be changed and become more holy, but it's in the power of the Spirit. Right. And, it, and both of those things do require our cooperation. We, we do repent and we do walk with him, but it's all in the power of, of, of grace and by the Spirit in the acknowledgement that Jesus is sufficient. 
you know. And so I think in our in our extreme guilt and shame or our extreme pride, we can we we can disregard that. And and in those things, we're we're forgetting um, that Jesus is sufficient. Right. And so therefore, at the end of verse eighteen, it says. What ends up happening is we get puffed up without reason, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, um, and so, um, but we didn't in the in verse eighteen we didn't talk about the worship of angels or these visions or or so forth. Mm. Um, but I think what you, what we see there is just some of the mystery of some of these religious pre- teachings, right? That we get caught up in this, you know, you know, it could be worshiping the spiritual realm instead of the one who created it. You know, um, feeling like, oh, I'm spiritually superior because I've had these visions of God and you haven't. And I think we talked about this a few episodes ago about even like in Christians, sometimes it's like, well, are you praying in tongues or aren't you? Are you, are you, do you have this heavenly language? Are you doing this? And I, and again, people may very well have that gift. And I know friends of mine who do that. Um, but when you start holding that up as a standard other than faith in Christ, anything, any standard we have of someone's faith that is not related to, to Christ and his sufficiency, we start get, being endangered. If you ever find yourself, because I, I can be this way sometimes, mm-hmm. if I ever find myself playing the role of an umpire in someone else's faith, right, um, and, 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 and I'm, I'm holding them to certain standards that are not according to Christ— um, I need to be careful, right? Now, I mean, there's something we can all identify blatant sins in someone's life. I mean, sure. if I if I have a friend of mine and I know he's cheating on his wife, right? Um, I'm going to say something to him, right? You know, I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about these other spiritualities or these other things that we add in our spirituality. Say, well, if you're not, you know, if you're not getting words from the Lord and telling your friends about, you know, them, then you're just not as spiritual right. as someone else and right. all those kind of things. And, and 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 I think those are the very things that Paul's warning against here, those kind of things. Well, you you didn't, you know, we had an extra prayer night at at, at church for to pray for Ukraine. Good thing. We should have been there. You didn't why weren't you there, Fad? Right. right. I mean I was golfing. <laughs> you sinner. Yeah, you know. See? I mean that's that's the kind but of But I shouldn't stuff. be I shouldn't feel bad that I that I missed that prayer time. Right. Well, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't, but that's up to right. you. I mean, that's between you and the Lord. I don't know. I'm the one that has, needs to come wagging. I my am feeling bad about face. that right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. Um, you know what? Doesn't it say something like that in um, the uh, in James about mm-hmm. um, for those in high positions not to you know think of themselves in this way, but if right. But it, but also if you're in the low position, not to think of yourself in that way, right? So don't don't. It's almost like what you said before, you know, get over yourself. You know, right. this isn't about you here or there. This is about Christ, and yeah. that's your, and that should be your focus. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, Paul's obviously dealing with that here, and, he, and again, he, over and over again, again, the substance is Christ. The issue you're not holding fast to the head. Verse nineteen that he keeps driving people back to Christ being the all in all in this stuff, um, because in verse nineteen. When he says, not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, that's us, that's them. Mm-hmm. He's talking to them. Nourished and knit together through his joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. Mm. And so that's in, in direct contrast to, the, to these others who are trying to pass judgment, who are trying to disqualify, because they're seeing growth as happening somewhere else. Right. 
right? Yeah. But growth is through the head. The growth comes from God, who is Christ, right? And so if we want to grow, and he actually prayed for them that they would be bearing fruit and increasing, right? Back in the beginning of the chapter, he's giving praise to God that they are growing, and he's reminding them the way to keep doing that. The path of, of ongoing faith is the very same thing that you were preaching that Epaphras brought to you, that I'm bringing to you. It's nothing else. It's Jesus. And if you want to grow, if you want to have your your personal growth and the body growth, if the church in Colossae is going to grow, right, then if if your joints and your ligaments are going to get stronger, (laughs) Mm, right, it's going to come from God, not from just your effort. In, in trying to accomplish these other Right, things. and it's also, a, it, it, I see maybe hidden in here, a point of responsibility for the body of Christ to not let one part of that body yeah. um, ail, right. you know, and leave them in that position. So this is why we um, we teach and, and rebuke and discipline. Yes, right. And again, as we do that, the focus in the center is always pointing people to Christ. Right. Is what you're doing honoring to Christ? Is... Is um, what you're not doing on you know honoring Christ? What, what's the center? What's the what's the focus? What's the point? And that's that's how we again rebuke and teach. As we preach the gospel to ourselves, we do it to each other. Um, so moving on then to verse twenty, it says, um, "If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why is there you're still alive? Do you submit to regulations? Oh wait." We need to ask ourselves, here's our Bible study you know, topic and, and tip for today. Have we heard this term, elemental spirits, before? Yes, we have, right? He brings it up um, earlier in chapter 2, and we, we, there's, it's this Greek word stoicheia. Uh, we, I think we talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, it, again, if we remind ourselves, I think it could have... A few different connotations, connotations. Is it talking just about these fundamental philosophies of the world? Is it these elemental um, philosophies and, and, and element, just elements of things? Is it, is it um, uh, potentially even like um, related to the uh, just pure teaching? Is it, is it talking about uh, elemental, um, just things about the way things were created, just by nature things are? Or is there potentially also this spiritual realm connotation to them? And I think last time when we talked about the elemental spirits, they appear in verse 8, right? Because it's, it's the very thing he's, he's saying, don't let them take you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human attrition and according to elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Mm. Okay, So that's the reference for verse 8. Now, once again, he's saying, if in Christ you died to these elemental spirits, and we argued last time that those elemental spirits are probably the spiritual realm that's behind some of this philosophy, behind some of this worldly thinking, potentially even behind the, these rulers and authorities that we talked about in verse 15, right? Right. So, because often these elemental spirits, these spiritual realms do manifest themselves in the influence of actual powers and authorities, you know, in government and in institutions and so forth. So, uh, do you, so, do you think this, um, we didn't talk about it, um, but do you think this reflects back to, in verse 18, the worship of angels? I think it could. It, it very much, it very well could be. So whatever false teachings are are coming in, 
here, if it's in regard to spiritual matters and we speak of right. the basic principles of the world, um, I think you brought this up uh, as well last time, if not the time before, about the cabal. Yeah. Right? Where they take a, um, a rooted in Hebrew structure of of knowledge, mm -hmm. but then they add to it mysticism and right. a very esoteric way of discerning things. Yeah. And they get their pride in these secret knowledges that yeah. they think that they, they have more secret knowledge than somebody else. And it's all very secretive right. when Christ is very open. It's very plain, you know, here's, yes. here's the plain truth, right. right. Of what Christ is, our righteousness in him. And we are to live and walk it out in him according to obedience of faith. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's that simple. And we don't need secret knowledge that comes from these worldly principles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so if we talk about the elemental spirits, then there is potentially a um, something behind that, mm -hmm. right? The, the, that is trying to hold power. I guess the issue is, what are they trying to do? Those elemental spirits are trying to gain power over us. They're trying to dictate our life. They're trying to say, you have to do it our way, right? And in, and in some senses, it's almost like giving worship to them, right? Giving devote, be devoted to them right? and those things. And we know that that in Christ, we don't need to do that. We shouldn't do that. And he says here, if with Christ you died to them, what does it mean to die to them? Do you, when you think about dying to something, I mean, did they actually physically die? No. They didn't. So what what is what's this imagery of dying to the spirits trying to bring out? Would you imagine? Yeah, I th I think when when you think of death, um, it's something that you would leave behind, right? You know, dead and dead and buried. You it, know, that's a that's a that's a bad right. philosophy. I'm done with that program. Right. It, it's kind of like if you think about um, uh, days of heavy drinking. Yeah, well, I died to that. Right. You know, so. Yeah, I'm I'm on to bigger and better right. things in, in righteousness of Christ. Right, they should no longer exist. Right, it, it's kind of like I, I I can't remember if I've used this analogy before. I think I have on the podcast of that of a bankrupt declaring bankruptcy if you own a corporation, right, and you've got into so much debt and everything, it's like it's worthless now. You declare bankruptcy, and then and and so the court says, okay, that that entity. If, if, if you're able to do that, it no longer exists, mm -hmm. right? From a legal standpoint, it, you're, in essence, you're, the, the courts are dead to, you know, you don't have to do that. But, um, and so, and then you're able to start a new business and move on. Now, if, you're, if you're in this new business, why would you start, why would you run that business the same way you ran that old one? <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Because you just declared it to be dead. Right. Right? But yet you're still going to try to live and run your business that way. It's like... Why give in to these other things? Why live this other way when you when it's been declared dead in Christ? It's the same way it says in, in like in, in other places where the flesh, our own flesh, our own sinful nature, that old part which we're going to talk about here in verse twenty three is that's it's been crucified with Christ. And he's saying when we put our allegiance to Christ, when we our faith and our devotion and, and everything and our all in all is rested in Him, then those other things have died. Right. Right. Because if they are related to these rulers and authorities in verse 15, he's already put them to shame, <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. he, well, he's, they're defeated, right? Yeah, and then one more observation in verse 20, 
It talks about the basic principles of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you died from with Christ from the basic principles of this world. Well, we recognize that there is a God of this world that we call Satan. Right. Right. And so if we um, expound upon that, we almost see in this verse here that, yeah, we are to not be of the world, although we have to, we have to live in it. Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't subject ourselves to the things of this world, which are things like pride and, you know, Nike philosophy of just do it. Right. Um, or go for the goal of the American dream, which is, you know, work until you can make as much money as you possibly can. Right. Right. It's a it's a new principle in Christ that you leave those efforts behind because they accomplish nothing. We're right. dust and moth, you know, corrupt. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, and, and the, so this, you know, like you have the basic elements, like we have the elemental spirits. It's this word stoikia, which I know we talked about before, but I just was reviewing it a little bit again. And it's interesting because another way that sometimes they could view the stoikia is, so we, I've been talking in, in terms of the transcendent powers that are in control of the events of the world, like the spiritual realm stuff. But another thing in way some of them looked at this word stoikia was basic components of celestial con- constellations and heavenly bodies, mm. right? Uh, which, which you know, in, in the ancient years mindset, sometimes those two were come together. Right. They viewed them as those were the physical representations of these spirits. But it's interesting, too, if you think about these heavenly body, these stokea, these constellations and everything, this astral belief, you know, because you had even like, if you think about in Jesus' time, the, the three wise men who came to him, you know, they came from the east and they they studied the stars and all that kind of stuff. So there was this very much this religious and philosophical belief system out there that was related to the celestial, you know, uh, stars and their movements and all that kind of stuff too, which would also then relate to the festivals and the new moons and and the the worship that, it, that you could start worshiping those things too and believe that they had power over you. Right. Right, too. Which is just an interesting thought to think about how it relates to some of these other things. But the point is, any of those philosophies, any of those things, there is going to be, a as you were saying, the ruler of the power of the air, right? Satan wants to divert, he wants us to buy anything that isn't Jesus. You know, it can be the horoscopes in the newspapers, right? That's going to give you power, which would relate to this. It could be, you know, some false religion. It could be trusting in the power of of. The, the laws of our government, you know, the trusting in who the next president of the United States is going to yeah. be or who your next county councilman is going to be, that's the answer to the world. Right. Any of those, in some senses, I would say, could be these elemental principles. Right. It's interesting as well, and I'll just make a, a comment on mm-hmm. this, but uh, that God, the Word says mm-hmm. that He placed the stars in a sky in the uh-huh. sky for a story, for a message, and <laughs> yeah. the... The stars and their positions, the constellations, as God had set forth, was the catechism for the Jewish children. Hmm. And what we see is that what God sets in perfection and for a good purpose, the world always corrupts. Yes. Right? That's and what sin does. Sin is a is uh, takes the good things of God and diverts them away from him and starts leading people astray. Right. So what God had said, hey, this, yeah. this represents our world and and this is 
the sign of, of my son's coming. Uh, you know, you have now fortune tellers and astronomy or, you know, that yep. people are trying to tell the future for other people. <laughs> and they, they've made it, they made it a totally a bogus thing. Right. Uh, it's interesting when you mentioned the Magi, that if you go all the way back to Daniel, he has the title when he goes into the Babylonian captivity, right? He becomes the second or third in command right. in Babylon. Uh, but he gets the title of Rab Magi, which is chief of the Magi. Yeah. And it's very plausible that he would have taught these true stars, signs, yeah. signs of the right. stars and gods that they would have kept. And that is what brings them to Bethlehem. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right? So there's a good way. Right. And then there's Satan's way. Right. Exactly. And, and that's the point is, um, again, we're no longer alive to the world. So don't submit to their regulations, because each of these philosophies, these systems, these set of rules, these other things that are trying to say, do it this way, they all come with these regulations, and, and he's saying, you don't have to submit to them anymore. And so out of that, he then follows it up with these three rapid-fire um, imperatives, negative imperatives of what they, they shouldn't do. So he says, you know, that... that Actually, the, these these elemental spirits, these principles, these philosophies, these umpires, mm -hmm. these judges are coming along saying, don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, mm -hmm. right? Th that's their answer. The answer is, for them, is don't do these things. That's what's going to bring life and flourishing to you, right? Um, he, right? But what he's saying is, all these things that they're saying not to do, they've already been put to death. Right. They're, they're perishing. Why go after that bankrupt corporation? Why would you invest in a bankrupt corporation? No, you want to invest in the new creation, in the new life, in, 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 the, in the new thing, right? So all these regulations they're trying to submit to us, we got to ask ourselves, are, are these things we're following, are they about life? Do they come from God and from Christ and from his word, or do they come from somewhere else? Right, right. Well, now this... Reminds me a little bit of what Peter went through when the Lord says, you know, go kill and yeah, eat. Right, yeah. And, you know, these are animals that were um, non-kosher, Jewishly mm. un unclean animals. Yeah. And Peter says, oh, there's no way I'm doing that. I've never right. done that. I'm not going to do that. And what does Jesus say? What right. I have made clean, do not call unclean. unclean. Yeah, know? right. And so, uh, again, Christ, right. his command trumps. Yeah, Exactly. And so we got to ask ourselves, what do these things look like today? Because we do have, you know, I mean, there is astrology today. There are horoscopes. There's new age religions. There's there's a lot of that stuff. But we also have um, uh, one of the big things in 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 here in the you know 2022 of, of, in Midwestern America or just in America in, in general is um, humanism. Mm. Secular humanism and the power of the the power of humans to overcome, and we see this in self help books and all these techniques that we want to take God out. Just take God out of it, and just you know, just practice this. Just follow this diet. Practice this physical health thing. Follow. We have all kinds of gurus who wouldn't say they're not religious, right? But they basically are, right? Because they're purporting to say, "I have the key." to life in some way, right? right? And they have their own versions of do not handle, do not touch, do not taste. They sure do. And I think we should make a point to say that 
there's nobody that's spiritually neutral. Yes. Right? right. So you can talk about, okay, you're, you're talking about people that are worshiping Satan or these angels. We get that, but then there's Christ. But we're just talking about just being people, right? Yeah. We don't, we're not worshiping, you know, these devils or anything like that. Right. Well, you have to understand that if, if you're not in Christ, then you are called by the scriptures, right. a child of Satan. Right. It's, it's that black and white. Right. There's no gray area. So humanism it is Satanism, isn't it? It is. It is. And it doesn't mean that we've said before all the time, all truth's God's truth. It doesn't mean that they can't say things that are true. Sure, sure, sure. But the question is, if, if, if are we trusting in that for um, for life, right? Uh, and, and for salvation, for eternal life, for that, for that, for for what brings us um, true meaning and purpose and 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 fulfillment? Um, because because verse twenty three. To wrap up here, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom, mm. right? It's not that there's no wisdom in them, right. right? They have an appearance of wisdom because they're saying some true things, right? If if I eat um, if if I eat French fries and drink cokes all day long, and that's all I do, and I never exercise, I never do anything, you know, I'm not going to be healthy, right? Right? I mean, there's there's some truth in that, you know. There's a truth behind some of these things, but. Um, but in the end, if, 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 if we're not understanding how Christ is, is the all in all, if we don't see how the purpose of, of these things is, is related to the life God's given us and how he wants us to live, right? Then the, the, they have indeed appearance of wisdom, but all they're doing is promoting self-made religion and asceticism, mm, that's what it says, yeah. which is exactly what we're talking about. And so we're just in, in the severity to the body, um, because in, in it, they have no value in it stopping the indulgence of the flesh because they're just replacing one indulgence for another, right? So if, if the purpose is just to exalt myself and try to extend my own life for, for my own self-fulfillment, right, then, then going to the gym and working out and eating right, right, in the one sense, all that can be good because it's honoring God because I know that I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? right? If that's my motivation, that's one thing. If it's because I'm trying to extend my own life and think that that's what's going to bring it to me, then I'm just indulging my own um, vanity, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You know. Right. Uh, and so, um, and so I think in some in some that's what they were there. He's warning them against that. Now maybe you know they probably didn't. It probably wasn't the same way as it is now that you know we get bombarded all this day by you know, all the time by these body images and other things we're trying to do to exalt ourselves. But back in the day, there. Those religions were, in in some senses, um, trying to overcome whatever whatever they thought their sin was. You know, in, in terms of not being true to to how um, the world made them, or you know, the gods, the the angels, the whatever their mystery religion was. You know, in some sense, their solution was this asceticism and, and, and treating their body severely, you know, for some form of enlightenment. And right. I think we see that, we see that in religions all over the world for, right. for time. I mean, there's forms of Buddhism and Hinduism and, 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 and in the Muslim faith, all this stuff, where they say, if, when you taking those extremes, thinking that it's going to bring some form of enlightenment. Right. 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 Yeah. So um, as Christians, here we are having a conversation, reading the scripture, right. and what it says about not 
feeling like you should be judged by outsiders and everything, mm -hmm. it sure might seem to some that we are doing exactly to them what we are told not to listen to. In other words, they mm -hmm. might be feeling judged right now right. Um, by the things that we're saying. And so how do we reconcile the difference between how we are handling the scriptures and our proclamation right. of this? Because in a sense, we, we are being judgmental, mm -hmm. right? And we are being religious. How do you separate that when it, when it comes to right. the scriptures? Well, I, I, again, I think we had to ask yourself, what's the focus? We're, we're focusing things on Christ in, 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 in doing things in response to him, not for ourselves. One of the best words I can think of is merit is, um, are we doing, is, are we asking people to do what we do in order to merit something, to earn something, um, to, to build ourselves up, to accomplish something for us? Or is it, or is the focus of this all Christ mm -hmm. for his glory and his kingdom and my, and living as a, as a representative and ambassador of him? Um, which, which brings us back to the, you know, the point of, of looking back at, at what Paul's talked about so far. Again, the focus is always on Jesus and in his merit, what he's done. Um, and every other religion, every other philosophy of the world, I would argue, is a is human based. Even if you're trying to honor a you know follow a God, it's still trying to accomplish it through human um, action. Where with, with with the Christian faith, we we are um, acknowledging that we can't. We're acknowledging that Christ does, and that everything we then do is out of out of response to what He's doing. Where, um, where like in a other inappropriate, you know, a theistic, monotheistic religion in terms of a Judaism without Christ or a, a, the Islam, a Muslim faith, it's man trying based on his works, trying to find their way to God. Sure. Or if you look at it from an Eastern religion, a New Age Eastern Buddhism, some of the Hinduism stuff, it's it's man working as hard as he can to diminish himself. To become one with whatever that impersonal spirit or or thing is, or appeasing some, if it's more of an animism, or make appeasing some, some god or yeah. something somewhere, right? So again, it's very much um, how, what Thad, how much Thad or Matt can do to do that. Uh, and so, what in essence, what we're judging is not the actions themselves. We're actually ju judging. Um, the, the sufficiency or the efficacy of what you're trying to do. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Is it efficacious? Okay. Because I'm just asking, is what you're doing eff efficacious? Right. Or is it not? Right. And what we're saying in the Christian faith is all efficacy is placed upon Christ. Right. Right? And then we then we have certain responses to that, you know, but but the the issue becomes in what we're what we've been judging is not whether you're doing good or not, or you're touching the right thing, tasting the right thing, practicing the right religious festival, this or not, we're asking yourself, what is the, what are you relying on, and so forth. And so I, that's how I would answer that. I don't know if it makes sense, but, but I, I think that's what, in Christianity, we, it's not that we don't ever judge or evaluate, we're saying, what's the, what, what are you putting your trust in? Right. So that was 
very well said. And then I think what I would just throw on top of that is that our foundation for this information and these rebukes is the authority that we rely on, which is the scriptures yeah. and the Jesus voice himself, and right. Jesus himself as yeah. the voice of those scriptures, the very word of right. God. And so as our authority, we are obliged to speak that truth mm-hmm. in love. Um, right. And that is, that is something that we all have to um, work out with. Uh, if you are um, a Muslim, then mm-hmm. your authority could be the Quran, right? Right. But that doesn't make it right. 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 And there's no answer for sin in that Quran the way that we have right. um, through Christ because of why? Because of, of who he is and primarily because of the testimony of the resurrection. Right. Right. He conquered death. He conquered sin at the cross. And he's given us life through the power of the resurrection. And because of that, we can take this authority and walk boldly with it without feeling like we are being judgmental. We're trying to walk by your side Mm -hmm. to correct yourselves to a righteous view of a biblical worldview. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and so, and and that's what Paul's, I think, in some sense, reminding them of. Mm -hmm. Hey, the center of your worldview, the center of your faith, the center of resistance is Christ. And if anything else is coming alongside to distract you from him, Right. right, then you're forgetting who you are. Right, and because of that, I think you have to read the first part of chapter three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he says, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth, for you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And next time, we will break that down wow. more. Yeah. But that, you're right, that is the, that is the thing. That, that's the gospel right that, there. That's fantastic. Looking forward to next time already. All right. See you later. Have a good day, everybody. Join us next time as we receive our instruction for true and proper worship as we live life in accord with our union with Jesus Christ. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.